welcome to another episode of the Mash Those Buttons MASHcast. I'm Jarrett, and I'm here with Nick Zelenkevich. Hey, how's everybody doing? And Joel Couture. And screw you to my mailman for not delivering my Mega Ran CDs I ordered during Black Friday sales. Where the fuck are they? That's a good question. They should be here by now. I mean, it's damn near Christmas. They better be. I don't live in outer space. You live yeah. in Canada, which is close to outer space. Fine. It's closer. <laughs> Does it, I can't get also mad mean... Mega Man forward. I'm sure he did his best. What were you going to say, Nick? I was just going to say, like, up in Canada, isn't Black Friday, like, sometime in October? No. It actually didn't exist until, like, we didn't do Black Friday things until really the last couple of years. We just sort of looked on. You guys were like, we don't need that. <laughs> but then apparently probably... someone decided not enough people were getting trampled up here. So it's now a thing. Well, you got you to, gotta, you know, thin the herd every now and again. This, this I guess, but way. we don't even, like, have a good idea of it. Like, the sales up here were terrible. Really? Like, I'm not getting off my butt for it. It's like, how about... Bioshock Infinite for twenty dollars. It's like hasn't it been that price everywhere for like months? I mean it's ten dollars on the Steam sale today. So I'm officially out of excuses not to buy it. Wait, you still haven't bought it? No. I don't have any time to play it. That's a shame. Yeah, I have is. I haven't even I forgot the Steam sale started today. I haven't had a chance to check it out. Wait, there's yep. more Steam sales? Yeah, yeah like the, the holiday sale. The sales holiday started. sale started today. But there was just the winter sale. That was, yeah, that was the autumn sale, wasn't it? Oh, the Different. autumn sale. Oh, okay, you know Different sale. You probably just want to call it the Thanksgiving sale, because yeah. that's what it was. The Thanksgiving sale, and this is the Christmas sale. Yeah. Jingle bells, motherfuckers. Yep. Dishonored, <laughs> 750 Bioshock yeah. Infinite, $10. God damn it, I'm supposed to be buying for other people. No, I'd never buy for anybody else. You're the Grinch. Can we, t- can we take a recess so I can peruse Steam? No. Recess to peruse? I'm perusing Steam right now. It's digital, no. man. It's not going anywhere. It's yeah, not going to no. be fine. <laughs> i got to hurry on to Steam before they run out of digitals. <laughs> uh, but uh, in any case, this is MASHCast number 109. Sorry we missed MASHCast last week. It just, it just didn't happen, folks. Uh, and that's my fault. That was my fault. Time crunch and everything. Actually, we're kind of under a bit of a time crunch today. Uh, not like we're acting like it, but we won't be doing the what have you been playing. Even though Nick said he played one game. And I'll actually, I do want to hear what you played, Nick. Tell no, me what you no, played. You, you got to wait. Damn it. I want to know what Nick's been playing. Nick is lame. Okay, fine. You know what? I, I uh, On the PlayStation Plus for free this month, Borderlands 2. Oh yeah, I'm reading that. How you liking that? Uh, not bad, not bad. I, I still suck at console shooters. Um, console so that, shooters suck at console shooters. But uh, I'm getting. I, I went with the Gunzerker, so I'm, I'm getting used to that. I, I'm I'm very early in. I think I I just got up to uh, what's his name, Hammerhand, the guy with the bionic arm and the the, the hide hat. In Borderlands Two. Yeah. Bionic Arm and Naga He's very oh. early. He's like the first quest giver after Claptrap. The first quest giver after... Oh, ha- oh yes. yeah. Ha- isn't his name Hammerlock? 
Hammerlock. That's what it is. Okay, there we go. Why, is there a hammer <laughs> hand that I meet later? Did I just spoil myself? No, you didn't. I just didn't know what the fuck you were talking about. Okay, so. yeah, so, so I, I got up to him. I'm killing the... The Yeti-looking, what are they called, like burly bogs or something? Burly uh, bogs? The, uh, bogs. the bully mongs. Bully it sounds mongs. like you guys are both just making this shit up as you go along. <laughs> These names are ridiculous. The so, game is ridiculous. The game is ridiculous. And it's ridiculously just, awesome. I loved Borderlands 2 through and through. Just uh, just, just watching the opening cinematic and, and even just the, the, the little experience I've had in the, in the world does seem like it's, it's a nice, fun, crazy world, so... It is. I'll look, for, I'll look forward to getting more into that. As I said, I'm still early in. So. I wish we had it for PC. We'd have a blast on PC, Nick. Well, tell PlayStation Plus to come out on PC. Could be on sale on Steam sale, me. Yeah, it probably will be because, you know. Oh, my God. It's pro- it's like $20 almost everywhere anyway. Yeah. Nick. Oh, if that's too much for you to buy Bioshock, then it's too much for me to buy Borderlands. You already has Bioshock, right? No. Mm. Don't talk, Joe. Don't say a word. <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> don't say a single word. I don't want to hear anything from you because if you tell I me, I knew you, it was you... going to be everywhere if I waited, and I missed the sort of period when I'd have time to play it. So, Christmas break seems like the opportune time. Well, why don't you buy it now? I didn't say I wasn't gonna. I just hadn't bought it yet. Okay, don't fuck this up. I'm busy writing articles and shit. You know, and Nick Borderlands Two is ten nineteen. Ten nineteen. Yeah, but it's Get I the, already have it on. No, you have the gimped version. You, you said the, yeah. You said you, you even have problems with playing it on a console. Get it, get it for PC, so I can play with you, and we can have a blast. Uh, let me. I'll look in. I'll look into that after the show. Mm-hmm. I can only see half of Nick's face. <laughs> the way his camera's set up right now, I can't even see his mouth. I can only see like the top of his nose and up, and I can't. He's he gone. just, he just, yeah, he just moved out of the camera. He's magically not there anymore. Can't have gone far. Can Don't fuck me. Clean my camera. <laughs> All right, uh, but yeah, that's really the only thing that we're gonna talk about in terms of what you've been playing. Because I'd be honest with you, I haven't played anything. Uh, worth talking about, so and Joel probably has, but we'll be here for a long time. That's what we're trying to avoid. Mm-hmm. Instead, let's start uh, start talking shit about people, shall we? Um, so the, our first piece of news uh, is, I guess this is this is actually in Europe. Um, I, actually, did they mention? I don't know if they mentioned what country this was in, but there's a company called Zavi, which is an online retailer, over uh, on that side of uh. You know, that's the UK. The UK. UK, because it looks like it's in pounds. Okay, yeah, you're right. I'm, I'm just seeing that. So it's it's in the UK. Uh, online retailer Zavi. Uh, they people who pre-ordered the Vita title Tearaway, uh, they were supposed to get you know a copy of Tearaway, but instead they were accidentally given given PS Vita system bundled with the game. <laughs> <laughs> so Starters. instead of so they paid for a game which probably cost forty bucks, no. and when they got the you mail, a copy of Tearaway purchased from the website retails for nineteen ninety nine. Oh, twenty Damn. bucks. Yep. Okay. So what? But when they got the package, it was like a little bigger and a little heavier than they probably expected. <laughs> yeah. They opened it up, and holy shit! It's a Vita. We love Zavi. <laughs> that's, that's probably what they did. We love yeah. Zavi. 
But then Zavi wanted it back. Yep, they said there was an error in the warehouse, and they uh, sent a letter saying, um, we are contacting you in order for us to arrange a collection of the incorrect item, which is on the way to you. So they knew that it okay, so I guess they didn't get it. They knew that it was on the way. Um, if possible, please keep the parcel in its original packaging ready to hand back to the carrier. Oh, sorry, courier. And um, a lot of people, of course, are not giving it back. <laughs> okay, they're not giving it back. But it actually has something to do with the laws out there, doesn't it? It's, uh, I thought I, uh... Yeah, the law yeah. is called, uh... The this? distance, oh, it's part of the distance selling regulations? Yeah. A consumer law that entitles those sent unsolicited goods to treat them as unconditional gift and do with, what they cho- uh, with them as they choose. So this is gift, this was, un- technically speaking, it's unsolicited. Mm-hmm. Um, and so basically, according to that law... It's a gift. Merry Christmas. That law may not be entirely true because consumer watchdog group, which okay. uh, I guess they claimed, I guess there's an, there's some sort of ex- exemption that says if, if a consumer has received goods by mistake, then they are not legally entitled to keep them. Really? Uh, so they're actually, they're actually under the impression that Zavi will win out in the end. Mm. So, Oh, in, that's uh, in any legal action, the ruling is likely to be that the item should be returned because it was sent in error. Ah, uh, so, okay. You know, ostensibly, that as I said, they're a consumer watchdog group, and their name is Witch with a question mark at the end, like Witch, uh, <laughs> not not Witch like cast spells, but like Witch of two things. And uh, yeah, I, I would think that they'd be a pro-consumer group. So the fact that they're coming out in favor of the company. I guess that doesn't bode well. Yeah, so uh, Zavi, they sent a second letter for those who uh, those who did not comply, stamped final notice, which basically says that they'll enforce any and all legal remedies available to them. But it's like, how? I wonder how many people, um, how many people got these Vita bundles versus. I would imagine it's it's a decent amount. It must be, or I think they would just cut the losses and go with it. But the funny thing about it is, um, how? I mean, it's more expensive to get a lawyer to sue these people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think they're really just hoping to scare some people into sending them back. When they really, they know there's really not much they can do, and if they do do it, they're going to get freaking crucified in the press. Oh yeah, they would get crucified in the press for doing it. So it's a lose lose because not only will they get crucified in the press, but the lawyers cost money. Yeah, <laughs> customers are not going to be too happy with it. Like there's just it's, I, I I really just think it's a scare tactic, and they're just hoping they get something back. Like maybe we'll scare some grandmother who ordered tearaway and sending it back. Hopefully, we'll get one or two. Oh, <laughs> whoever that warehouse manager is, he's fired. Oh, he's fucked. <laughs> Oh yeah, he's done. The, the stupid part is probably just like a difference of one number in like a skew or something, like the serial code <laughs> for the item, and he just clicked the wrong one or put the wrong skew up. Well, you know what? He should have been paying attention. That's why he's the yep. warehouse manager. Yeah, I mean he he worked hard to get that position. I mean, you know the kind of education you need to be warehouse manager? Because <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I have no idea. Yeah. You really have something to say, Nick? No, I'm just, I don't know, I, I'm just thinking too, like, I mean, they may well have lawyers on retainer, so it may not, it may not be that 
prohibitive for them to say like, oh, we'll get a lawyer after you because they, you know, they do, they may have a corporate lawyer or something like that. But I don't know. I'm I'm just, I'm just wondering if if maybe like their stock of Vita is going into going into the you know the Christmas season. If maybe it's low enough that they they really need that revenue from those full full sales that they're chasing that and they're willing to to spend a little to get that back. They might, but yeah. they're still in a really rotten position. And I mean, if they do, if they can go down this road, then they have to prove that these things got to these people. And I mean, you get how many shipping companies will just dump it at your door without you signing anything? You just say, "I didn't get it." Exactly. And you're into that yeah. game. Like this is this is a huge mess, no matter which way you look at it. So I, I really think they're just better off just cutting their losses and taking a walk on it, unless they did like send like millions of them out. It does not need better. No. No. <laughs> they need to. There's not any better. I mean, like you're right. They have to. I mean, there's a lot of people who are gonna be like, "Yeah, I got it," and I'm not giving it back, which is a dumb thing to do. But then there's gonna be a lot of people like, oh, "Shit, I never got it." Vita? What's a Vita? Never heard of yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I didn't even order from your website. Yeah, not familiar with John. You. Who? <laughs> <laughs> nah, but this this puts them in a bad position. Um and uh yes, so the warehouse manager is fired, so that's that's some extra salary they can keep. Uh <laughs> to try to to, to uh, offset that loss. But um yeah, I mean it's it's sucks for them. Yeah. Congratulations it's, to all you new Vita owners. Hopefully they were the old LED ones, because those are pretty sharp. Hope you guys have um PlayStation Plus, you know? Because yeah. you guys can have a collection of free games like right now. Yeah. You could awesome probably sell your you. Vita to pay for it. I mean, you probably have two if you're buying Tearaway. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, actually, I just, uh, I was talking to a friend today, and, dude, like, with the amount of games, free games on, on PS Plus, you don't even need to buy a game with your Vita. No. You just you just get your Vita, you buy a PS Plus subscription, and then that's it. Yeah, the magic happens. Yeah, exactly. Like... <laughs> So just make sure you have a, a big enough card to carry all those games, folks. Mm-hmm. Welcome to the Vita Club. Yeah. So, uh, but let's move on from that topic. Let's talk about let's talk about EA. <laughs> EA's got some things going on. Uh, a couple things actually. We're gonna talk about two specifically. One, we're gonna talk about BF4 now. Last Smashcast we had, we said that EA is dedicating all of their resources to fixing the bugs in BF4. And that includes, all, that means all DLC, like production on DLC is coming to a halt. That means production on other other games like Mirror's Edge 2, well not Mirror's Edge 2, the Mirror's Edge reboot, which is fucking stupid because there's only one game. Um, which I gotta say something about that real quick. That's like saying every, that's like saying every Zelda game is a reboot. You know, because you, you change the story up a little bit. But I'm not going to go off on a tangent on that. I'm just kind of pissed that they stopped working on it because I want it, even though I'm talking shit about it. Because that's what we do. <laughs> we hate because we care. Yeah, we do. <laughs> <laughs> that is the podcast title. <laughs> we hate because yeah. we care. <laughs> uh, but, um, yeah, so we talked about um, EA, shut, not EA, sorry, but uh, DICE specifically, Diverting all attention to Battlefield uh, 4. 
And it looks like uh, immediate, not, yes, pretty much immediately after that happened, after that announcement, the next day, um, EA's stock dipped at least 8.28%. Um, actually, wow, this is really accurate. At 11.05 a.m. Eastern. How do you, I, I mean, I don't know anything about stock trading. How do you track that shit? Like, EA was worth this at this minute, and they could probably track it to the second. They have to track. They have to track that stuff because, especially with all the uh, exchanges being all over the place, they be, they have to know exactly at what time different transactions happen and know the value. That's how you even have like the whole microtransaction thing, where people have code running to track when a stock hits a certain value and immediately act upon that, and then the price fluctuates immediately after that. And it's actually getting to the point now where the speed of the processors influences how quickly the transactions can occur. I'll just stick to video games. Fixing computers, like, damn that's... stock market's interesting as hell now. <laughs> yeah, moving, moving digital money around. They're actually uh, putting in a microwave link between sh- the Chicago and the New York stock exchanges because normal wired internet uh, transactions are too slow. This will actually go uh, closer to the speed of light. You mean like fiber optics? Yeah, it's t- the microwave link is supposed to be faster. Okay, so if you live here between here, like you know, New York and Chicago, enjoy your cancer. No, no, no. Well, <laughs> I'm joking, of course. I I know you don't mean microwave. Uh, Nick, man, you see that he's getting ready to explain it to me like I'm a fucking idiot. No, no, no. I thought you were gonna say like if, if you live between Chicago and New York, like enjoy your new internet. But I'm like, no, this is just for the stock exchange. It's not, oh, okay. It's, it's not. It's not for the troglodytes. Oh, okay. <laughs> Uh, that's a nice, nice word you just used there. Nice word score, Nick. Good word, bud. Yeah, we try to encourage our podcasters to use, you know, larger words when they can. I, I was wiping my butt before, and the toilet paper said troglodyte, so I had to work it in today somehow. We need to bigify your vocabulary, buddy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, back to EA. So yeah, their stock dipped about two point. Oh, sorry, eight point two eight percent. Not about exactly eight point two eight percent. Sorry, precisely. Uh, yeah, precisely. And um, this, uh, I guess, raised a few eyebrows. I, like I said, we didn't have a Mashcast last week, but I did read an article talking about there was there was a a company, a, a law firm specifically that deals with, uh, I guess, investors like those type of laws, and um, they were investigating. EA to see if they were uh, what's the word I'm looking for? If they uh, were fluffing their numbers or you know, I guess lying to their investors is what you want to say. And if they were lying to their investors uh, about the status of, of Battlefield 4 to boost the stock price. And it looks like this week uh, December 18th to be exact the, a lawsuit was actually filed against EA. And um, here, I'll I'll read what it says. It says, based on the purported strength of Battlefield 4's rollout uh, then underway, defendants issued strong fiscal 2014 financial guidance for the company and actually increased that guidance on October 29th, 2013. The price of Electronics Arts stock steadily climbed on these statements, reaching a class period high of $28.13 per share by August 23rd, 2013, and allowing certain of Electronic Arts senior executives to sell Electronic Arts stock at artificially inflated prices. 
Um, so basically, they're saying the information that they got made uh, inflated the stock price, and then the uh, the senior executives then sold their stock price at inflated prices. Now, I did not know that the senior executives stole their stock, <laughs> sold their stocks, <laughs> which I just read that just now, guys. <laughs> that kind of changes things <laughs> right there. Because um, that, that, if that's what the investigation actually turned up, that's really shady. <laughs> really, really shady. Um, now, I'll, I'll be perfectly honest with you. I don't know if EA really knew that Battlefield 4 was going to be in the state that it was when it was released and just said push it through anyway. Uh, I kind of find that hard to believe because, I mean, I mean, DICE is, I would consider, they're like a high level. They're one of the, the, the biggest studios EA has. And for the most part, they're probably allowed to do what they need. And, you know, they meet with EA on a regular basis. But, you know, if the head of DICE is saying, we'll be ready, you know, then they just expect him to be ready, but he doesn't want to disappoint his bosses. I mean, it's not like the head of, the, of DICE is a developer. He's probably a business person, you know, and he's pressuring his peers, like, is it going to be ready? And they say, no, make it ready. Okay, it'll be ready, you know? <laughs> like, that's kind of how things work sometimes. Um, yeah. of course. There's been really no, I guess, repercussions for a lot of devs who have been putting out games that aren't finished. Or just aren't riddled with bugs lately. They just say, well, we'll just patch it later. You bought it anyway. I mean, it's your problem now. Even though this was at a totally different level. I oh, mean, yeah. to a point where they suspended all the development on everything else. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It's a huge mess, but it, 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 I'm glad that like companies are going to be like, oh, shit, there might be repercussions from at least stockholders, even if we try to lock out gamers from starting up class action lawsuits. Like, you, if you're going to release a buggy game, you might have your entire like investment group like turn on you because it's turning into bullshit well if it affects their money like this did i mean like Mm -hmm. this was this this was this is a whole new level this oh yeah it's probably the worst that we've seen of a game that came out that was clearly just not done i mean it's unplayable unplayable um which the funny thing is this is not the first time this has happened to ea um like i'm not even talking about like uh SimCity, uh, if you have Dark Spore on Steam... Oh, God, I remember that. Yeah, if you have Dark Spore on Steam, and there's a good chance that it just doesn't work. And at this point, they're not supporting it anymore, and they're saying that they it's just not going to work. They, they That's just it. It's just not going to work. There have been problems since launch with that game for some things, and now they're just saying it's not going to work. So I actually, I kind of figured that this... They would do the same thing with this. Like, after a certain point, if the game just wasn't working for you, that shit just wasn't working for you. But, nah, there's too much spotlight on this now. Now they have to fix it. Not even that, but Dark Spore doesn't have the sales numbers that Battlefield 4 had. And, I mean, it's a lot easier for them to kind of brush Dark Spore under the rug. But Battlefield 4, that's, I mean, that's one of their annual, you know, tent poles. And especially right. in this case, you know, with, with the, the console launch, I mean, they were really looking to kind of get off on that. So... I think this this almost breaks down to a question of who knew what when. Like, did the executive you know, like did the executives know when they were issuing those statements that the game was going to be terrible? Or if not, then you know, obviously, obviously they knew when they started selling shit. <laughs> Once they start selling their stock, like this is about to take a tumble. Like clearly, that that's the mistake they made. I think 
Well, I think the other thing too is even even though you can say like, well, you know, like SimCity and last year's Battlefield weren't as bad as this year's. The point is that most of these game launches, even the successful ones, don't go well. And I feel like to a large degree, a lot of these investors are probably just nameless, you know, you know, you know, nameless, you know, like hedge fund style, you know, you know, investors that maybe do a little bit of research, but they're not. They're not actively following the gaming community. I mean, one of the reasons one of the reasons Michael Pachter is well known is because he's sort of like he's sort of like the gaming investor, as far as like you know he he really you know follows and is knowledgeable about what happens to the different gaming companies. You don't really see that from other investors, and so it seems like you know this not being a topic that they're really knowledgeable on, it seems like it was easy for them to get blindsided by what happened here. But, you know what? I think a group that is not getting enough credit is the Battlefield community, and this is why. The reason why you don't hear about Darkspore, um, the reason why you didn't hear about Brink, because uh, Brink was another game when it came out was pretty broken. Pretty broken when it came out. The reason you don't hear about those games is because the communities died off early, because the games were not playable. Okay, Even SimCity... Uh, was started the, the the news was tapering off about it because people had stopped caring about it because people had stopped trying to play it. Okay, a lot of people I say a lot of people had stopped trying to play it. But since you know this was such a huge the SimCity was such a huge release for them, uh, and I guess the problems weren't as bad, they fixed them. With Battlefield, the Battlefield community was so loud and it's so large and it's so strong that they're making huge stinks about this thing every single day and not letting the EA and not letting up on the EA forums. You know, like what would happen if the Brink community, which is the, it's very different cuz Brink when Brink came out, it was very um oh that was the first Brink. You know, if this was Battlefield 1942, it might have been the same thing we would never saw Battlefield again. Uh but you know, the Battlefield community is is strong, it's alive and it's well, and that's one of the reasons why we're even hearing about this. This thing. So the battlefield, good job on the battlefield community for keeping this uh, in in the forefront. Somebody's listening. You make enough noise, and somebody's listening. I wish the Unreal Tournament community would have been as vocal when Unreal Tournament three came out, and maybe we'd still have an Unreal Tournament community, even though that game wasn't broken. It was just bad. So, <laughs> um, there, there, I guess there's a difference there. But yeah, so Battlefield, uh, Battlefield four, like. It, it's gonna be fixed, guys. Like I, I actually uh, last week, if you would ask me last week, I would have said that bat- the the fixes for Battlefield Four are gonna be on a timer, and when that time runs out, if it's just not working, it's not working. But at this point, I do believe that it is um, it is going to uh, they're they're gonna work it all the way through, and they're going to they're gonna fix everything while they fight off this this legal battle. Um, but. Let's move on to our next piece. Wait, actually, of- oh, wait, wait. I want to say one thing. And hold okay. On. Let me just find it here. This is actually in the uh, in the claim itself by Robbins, Geller, Rudman, and Dowd. Uh, just give me a moment to find uh, where it said that here. Oh, that's right. Okay, it says Battlefield 4 was riddled with bugs and multiple other problems, including downloadable content that allowed players players access to more levels of the game. They actually list downloadable content as a problem with the Battlefield 4. Oh, really? Oh, boy. <laughs> at, least, at, at least if I interpret that statement, I because, mean, uh, I mean, it could be that they're saying the Battlefield 4 and the downloadable content are riddled, but it sounds to me there's multiple other problems, including downloadable content. 
So either so either someone needs to work on their uh, English language writings, or they have no clue about the video games. And, Which, well, probably both, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, they but, they they probably don't want any content given away for free. Like, do you hear these people can download new levels from the interwebs for free? Jesus the Christ! They're, they're taking the, the sandwiches right out of my hands. Yep. <laughs> Good monsters. Taking what the, have EA done? Taking the food right out of my baby's mouth. Yep. What monsters? His, his pablum powders and sucking them through the internet. <laughs> Fuck those guys to death. It's not happening. Uh, why can't uh, these heathens let us live? Mm, yeah. Terrible. <laughs> you know what? Some of these investors are probably really nice people. <laughs> But unfortunately, they don't know about, know about video games, so they have no place here. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's a general statement by the the actual company that's suing, which is that investment, I guess, firm, or, or I guess their advisors. No, that was that was the actual legal oh, legalese from the the lawsuit itself. Okay. Is it Rob, Robbins, Geller, Rudman, and Dowd LLP. Okay. That's the thing I like about lawyer business names. So simple. And you know who works there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can appreciate it, right? Yeah, does Redmond work there? It's like, no, man. It's like, fuck you. He's on the he's on the outside. I know he works here. <laughs> Can't lie about the office workers. Uh, okay, so uh, we have a bit more of EA news. Um, this one not dealing with lawsuits, but dealing with legal jargon, I guess, mm-hmm. if you want to say that. Uh, so... Uh, EA is throwing this code jam called Code Wars, and uh, they're inviting hackers from all over the place. Or not hackers, sorry, uh, developers from all over the place. They call it, they call this uh, a team-based hackathon, um, taking place at four EA studios around the world. Uh, it says it's your opportunity to prove your coding supremacy by creating the best mobile app or game in a highly competitive environment. So, it's a game jam in Vancouver. Stockholm, Bucharest, and Redwood City. Um, actually, I know where all those places are except Redwood City. Anybody? I don't know. It sounds like it's out of a Tolkien novel. <laughs> Come to Gondor for the game jam. <laughs> I'm looking it it's, up now. It's in California. It is 27 miles south of San Francisco. Okay. So most decidedly not near Gondor. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, not near Gondor. Yeah. Um, so, uh, well, Dick, do you want to talk about this? Because you're a Kuchera fan. He's the one who who really started to dig into this. Well, he he digged into it. The problem was that the in the FAQ for the the site, uh, it said that EA was going to uh, claim ownership over all of the code produced during the uh, during the, uh, the 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 game jam. So that basically you're coming in for, you know, for free in this competition and your prize is that, you know, whatever amazing work you produce, EA can then take and use for their own, uh, you know, purposes. And so you walk away with a tour of a studio if you're the uh, and completely exploited. And Kuchera's point was basically you come in, you get exploited, you know, you work your ass off for like 24 hours straight. And this is the perfect example of what it's like to work for a video game company. And that, you know, you, you throw all your energy and your time at it and you come away with nothing. Um, but an EA reaps all the rewards. Um, so that was, that was his argument. And he was one of the, he's probably one of the bigger people, at least who was, you know, making the noise on Twitter about this. Um, 
And so, you know, ultimately that led to EA coming back and saying, okay, okay you know, they took down the FAQ uh, saying that uh, the language on the Code Wars site was confusing and unfortunately was posted confusing. prematurely. Confusing. I don't think it was confusing. I think they got caught. And I was like, oh, no, you, you read it wrong. We, we just – we don't mean we want to keep it. We mean something that's not that. We'll, co- we'll get back to you later. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. That's, that's what it feels like. I like the, the back and forth he had with Peter Moore. Did you, uh, did you guys see that? I, 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 I that. didn't see that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Peter was basically telling him, was like, oh, no, we're just giving these kids an opportunity. We're so good at opportunists. Wait, no, not that word. Actually, so I'm, I'm going to read uh, what Peter uh, – okay, here we go. Uh, ben Kuchera tweeted at Peter Moore. That sounds – it's it, – it can be threatening, tweeting at somebody, but it doesn't sound threatening at all. <laughs> He's just an unemployed bum now, so he can do whatever the hell he wants. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so it says, uh, to P- and like I said, Kuchera tweeted to B- Peter Moore, uh, the only thing smaller and being, uh, the only thing smaller and beginning devs have, oh, are their ideas. Don't require them to give their work for a studio tour. And Peter Moore requires, give their work? What? You know, question mark. I wonder if Peter Moore even knew this was happening. Probably not. <laughs> He's like, what, what the fuck are you talking no, about? No, but, but as soon as he found out, he started dumping his EA stock. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. It's going to be another shitstorm. Yeah, so um, here we go. And it says, uh, next thing Kuchera says, could argue it's standard boilerplate, but anyone who comes up with something truly good has given, has given up a ton of, with that agreement. And uh, apparently more disagreed. And then, um, of course, he would disagree. But uh, actually, hold on. Did he? What exactly did he say? Here we go. Yeah, it says completely and utterly disagree. <laughs> That's what he says. We uh, spend a ton of time, uh, money, and effort. By the way, he needs to have somebody edit his tweets because there were no commas there. But uh, we spent a ton of time, money, and effort pulling this together for young aspiring students. Yes, yeah, because uh, it's a good investment to get a bunch of free code from like new geniuses, and then yeah. kick them out of the door. Maybe show them around the office. This yep. is where we're fucking you over. Thanks. Do you do you want a coffee? They're two bucks. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, Kuchera responds back to Peter Moore. Just going to have to agree to disagree. Then, if you can't walk out with control over what you make, don't do it. Uh, Peter Moore says, "Yep, sounds like a plan in terms of agreeing to disagree." We, on the other hand, will continue to invest time and money helping motivate these young people. Snap, girlfriend. That's what just, <laughs> <laughs> that's what just happened. Yeah. Um. So. Uh. Also, and so, and I guess a fan responded as well. I guess a Kuchera fan, and more said that um, the company looks at contests like Code Wars as a way to identify up and coming uh developer talent. So I guess. If you do well, there's a chance you might get a job with EA. Totally. You know, if you do, I mean, I, I would, I would if say you're good you know, at it, you can come help fix Battlefield 4. God, we need as many people <laughs> as we can get. <laughs> <laughs> you were to make an app about fixing Battle World 4. 
What would that be? be? Yeah. <laughs> They'll just put the Battlefield 4 code on a whiteboard when everybody comes in and they're like, oh, that's an unsolvable problem. Nobody work on that. And then the janitor oh, in the background will figure it out overnight. Damn teenagers. Get to work. <laughs> yeah. If EA, if EA wasn't up to anything and didn't want the code, then sure, fine. Code for a free tour. But, I mean, if they if they want everything you built into that, there's a potential gold mine off of students in there. I mean, or then again, there could be a, like the Xbox Live Indie Games where they get a pile of shit. <laughs> they flew all these people out. It's like, oh, God. How many massaging apps have you idiots made? <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> oh, how to date girls. Just kill me now. Yeah, the Xbox Live... Oh, let's not talk about Xbox Live Indie Games. Let's actually. never speak of it. Let's yeah. never speak of it. Even though there were some gems in there, just buried. Buried shit. under a lot of garbage. You were up to your shoulders and shit, trying to dig those out. Yeah. So, yeah, it looks like... Uh, apparently, EA is now reworking uh, the language behind it. And some people say they're changing it. But I see... I, they're probably changing it to be more legally snazzy and still do the same thing. Uh, That's what they have lawyers for, man. No, I, I don't know. I, I, I think at this point they've been burned enough that even if they come back, they're still going to get called on it. I think it, I, I kind of feel like they were like, you know, let's throw this out there and we can always claim, oh, it was accidentally posted. And if it floats and nobody says anything, then, yeah, we get the we get, you know, the code and, you know, maybe we get a hit game that comes out of nowhere. But if we get called on it, then we'll just say, oops, it was an accident. We'll put out some a little more friendlier code. I think for them, really, the. the I mean, most of these games, I know, you know, there are the stories of like, oh, you know, such and such hit games come out of these game jams. But I think most of these games really, you know, you're not, you, you know, you're lucky if you find something that winds up being a huge success. I think most of these are mostly just sort of interesting little, you know, niche games that, that uh, are, you know, might have some success, but you're not going to get like an Angry Birds out of this. No, but about, really, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, but really, I think the value is if they get enough young people, they get their names, they get, they have an in with EA. And yeah, this can be the next generation of EA programmers who, you know, as much as we joke about them fixing Battlefield 4, maybe these will be the people who wind up working on, like, Battlefield 8. Well, no, the thing about game jams is, I mean, I wouldn't expect for a, a full game to come out that's going to, that's going to be the next game to come out of a game jam. But what game jams do is produce a lot of concepts, a lot of concepts that can grow and be great games. And that's what EA may be looking for, or I mean, or, or I should say, it's a good place to harvest concepts. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, then again, technically speaking, it's it's still a good opportunity for students, young aspiring students. You know, because not only is it a good networking opportunity, um, but you know, you, you it's just good experience in terms of like uh, you know pushing yourself to to come up with something great or taking that idea that you had and then working on it as fast as possible. It's a good, uh, it's a good experience. The, I can't remember if it was this, cause I think this broke right around the time. Like, uh, some other stories broke, like the Shia LaBeouf stealing, um, a, a comic book to make a short movie. He stole like, a comic book. Yeah. He, he made a short movie and he like, he didn't give, he like stole it like shot for shot and like the dialogue directly from the comic book. And he never gave credit to the artist, even though previously he had said that he was a fan of the guy that did the comic. Oh, book. I thought you mean he actually stole a oh, comic. No, 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 book. no, 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 no. Which no, is, but like, whoa, amazing. No, but, but no, no, Ryder, move over. 
no, yeah. no, no, but, no, but my, no, but like I was just I've been inundated over the last week with like lots of like stealing of ideas, like talk about that. And so I don't remember which where which conversation this fell out of, but somebody made the point like if you have a good idea, like hold on to it, don't let it go, because if you you know if you if you have this great idea for a game and you use it in something like Code Wars, EA can you know take it, and even if they don't explicitly take your idea they can stay it's still been exposed and like they can modify it and, and you know might show up as like a mini game and like you know in battlefield 8 or something so it's it's one of those things like if you have that idea like hold on to it and wait until the right time to release it and it's almost i mean on the one hand it's it, you know especially for these kids like how do you know if like what idea is great you know so you're starting to come up with like two ideas now that you're gonna have to participate in this and it's it's a muddled situation but fundamentally, I mean, if you really, I guess if you really do have a great idea that you think can change the world, Code Wars isn't the place for it. Yeah, just do let them dare. I mean, those are, you can do from anywhere around the world and connect with all these people. I mean, they were the last one, there was something, there was pretty close to like 2,000 entries from all over the country. Oh, actually all over the world. So, I mean, you can do this for free with other people. I mean, sure, you can get EA to look at you, but do you really want to work at EA and have us yell at you every week? Especially not Microsoft. <laughs> no, I mean like for uh, for there are definitely a lot of outstanding indie developers and startup developers that can make it on their own. But I think for the mass, the vast majority of programmers, they need to get in. Especially just like initially starting out, they need to get into some type of development house. You know, some type of publisher, some type of meat grinder. That's the whole thing about the meat grinder. Like the meat grinder, you learn a lot. You know, you you learn a lot about the business. You learn a lot of what not to do, how to make your employees hate you. <laughs> you know, and <laughs> you know, you you learn a lot about mistakes. Like you get a lot of experience in meat grinders. So I mean, I think their goal. Uh, I mean, I guess some people make lifelong careers at EA and do fine, but when you work on a meat grinder like that. Uh, which, you know, EA's probably a meat grinder, Activision's a meat grinder, even Ubisoft is probably a meat grinder. Go ahead, Nick, you got something to say? Yeah, no, when I was at, uh, when we were at PAX, I went to the panel for the, uh, the, 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 the survivors of 38 studios. Yeah. And while they couldn't talk about the studio collapsing, one of the things they did talk about was their experiences working for that studio, working on the Emmler games. And then when it fell apart, like a bunch of them went off and formed their own independent studios. And so you're, you're entirely right. You know, like not, like not only was it the skills that they learned at there, but a lot of the friendships they made allowed them to then know, oh, like some of the people partnered up to become studios. So yeah, like a I bunch mean, of the guys from Ubisoft split off to become Red Barrels. They made Outlast, and they're doing yeah. quite well with that. So yeah, so it's it's. I mean, it, it's it's one of those things where the experience of working in a studio, like yeah, you get put through a grinder, and it, it it's terrible. And you get the uh, what was what was the the the, the wife was it the uh, the for uh, what game was it the was it was it EA wife or was it Activision wife who wrote the letter about her husband getting all the. Uh, Working the overtime in, in the game and not getting paid for it. I don't remember. I don't this was remember. like two or three years ago. I want to say. I don't remember. I want to say. I, I want to say remember EA, it. But... I want to say it was EA wife, but right now I think EA is responsible for everything terrible in the world. Of so. course they are. <laughs> At least this week on the Mashcast they are. Uh, I think EA is even responsible for the Xbox. Yeah. Well, <laughs> hey, Pax Diversity Lounges—they're responsible for that too. 
Oh, how so? <laughs> no, I'm is, is, that, is that our next topic? That's our next topic. Segway. Are, you kick, are you kicking this along? Yeah, we're kicking it along. Okay, so how is EA responsible for PAX Diversity Lounge? Oh, they're not. I just want to get to the next topic. Oh. <laughs> uh, so, yes. Um, by now, you guys may have heard that PAX are going to have... They're going to have diversity lounges, which I guess the, the goal of the diversity lounge... Well, uh, some of the language is not getting um that they use, I guess, in this letter or this announcement isn't getting uh isn't the isn't getting the kindest reception. They said the diversity lounges will be a safe place, kind of like uh, making it seem like the rest of the convention is not a safe place. <laughs> you go out, be on your own risk. That reminded me. That reminds me of Eve. Like you have an Eve online, you have like a space patrolled. You know, like by like police force and stuff like that, and then you have space that's not, and so that's diversity lounge versus the rest of the convention. So that caught a lot of flack when they said that. But here we go. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Here it is. The role for diversity hub and lounge at PAX in Seattle, Boston, and Melbourne will be a resource for PAX attendees to find information related to issues surrounding women, LGBTQ. What's the Q stand for? queer i think so i think we're really guessing. lesbian gay bisexual transsexual queer yeah i'm pretty sure is pretty that's sure redundant though isn't, isn't queer a like queer is a isn't it a, like a derogatory term for Do all have... the other letters is Somebody please comment and let me know i have never seen it called <laughs> lgbtq <laughs> i we're... Yeah, I have weird. never, never seen it called LGBTQ or questioning. Uh, uh, that up. makes sense. That another, makes one, sense. another version is questioning. The thing is, I have no idea. Huh. Q seems new. That's new, but anyway. Yeah. Uh, okay, so for LGBTQ people of color, so yeah. one out of three people <laughs> in this podcast can go there. <laughs> Someone's rolling in the diversity lounge. What's up, ladies? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then also disabled people and men- and people with mental health issues in uh, gaming. So that's, I guess, it's, you find out information about those people. I'm, I'm going to go in there and look like for a pamphlet. Or... For anyone who's not white and male. <laughs> I'm going to look for a pamphlet with my face on it. <laughs> so you can find out about me. No, I'm fucking around. But um, yeah, like I, I guess I can find out information on related issues. I guess. I mean, I, I, I don't see a need for this. But let me continue reading. It says they also serve as a resource for industry professionals and fans to interface in a setting focused on diversity, receive diversity training, learn more about diversity, and meet people from diverse communities. Did they use the word diversity enough? I say no. Well, my whole thing is like PAX is a big diversity pool. Like you go there and you meet so many different types of people, you know? Yeah. Like I had never met a person from Canada before until I talked to Joel Couture. Yeah. <laughs> diversity. Joel for diversity on yeah. the regular floor. <laughs> Oh. Yeah, really. I mean, they just if they want to update their mandate to just like the, their big rule is the Will Wheaton one, don't be a dick. And like this seems 
redundant. This sounds like the kind of talk you would give if you were in trouble for sexual harassment and all of a sudden you had to put some lingo in like your company's handbook. Like it just sounds like a corporate attempt to apologize for something. They this... are apologizing for things. They've Yeah, but it's Mike's fault. Like they're the one get well, pissed yeah, at Mike. One, Stop one, one, pissed. one of two core people. <laughs> I don't 50, give a shit. Mike is not That's the convention. The I don't go to see Mike. I do not give two shits about Mike. No, I but the, who runs the, the, it. The, no, but the, the the problem is that some of these so, some of some of these groups don't distinguish between Mike and Jerry and you know Penny Arcade as a greater whole and and all of the subsidiaries. I mean, even then, I mean, even then, in the post where they were sh- shuttering uh, the re- the PA report and the the PATV, I mean, they talked about how you know Pax and Child's Play are really their own things now that that are just loosely affiliated with them. And so, I mean, you know, their their name is on it, their logo is on it, and they're still going to be front and center at all these events. But yeah, if if Mike goes and puts his foot in his mouth, um, it affects everything. I mean, he, you know, whether you know, for, for better or worse, he is the the animated face of the franchise. I know. One of my problem people. is that like Mike is if Mike is the problem, uh, talk to Mike, get Mike to make the changes. Having the convention. Put in a diversity lounge just doesn't change the fact that Mike says a certain thing. Like it's it's like putting a diversity night in like child's play or something, because Mike doesn't has a problem with like transgender. Mike's Mike's pronouns. not Mike's not just the problem though, because what happens what happens is Mike said Mike says something and then you get a large group of people that attack him for saying what he said out of ignorance because he's not he's not a hateful guy. At least that's no. the impression that I get. He's not a hateful guy. He says something out of ignorance. People attack him because some of these people are sort of, you know, predisposed to be threatened by anything that that you know anything they perceive as threatening. They have to attack. They attack him. But then there's another group that anytime they see Mike get attacked, they have to respond. And so what happens is that fundamentally, like Mike says something, and then there's this whole war between these two cultures that want it really aren't shouldn't be warring and the end result is they're sort of you know the shepherds of the community and they have to enact in some way there were a lot of people um and i i I should i should try to look for specific examples but i I still remember there were a lot of people saying that they had issues at the last packs and i don't i mean admittedly i'm a white male i was blind to it but i would be blind to it so it's it's one of those things where if if the you know if if the community if a certain if a very vocal group of the community feels threatened in some way they don't want anybody to feel threatened i think this is sort of their their olive branch and it's a, it's a very massive olive branch and it's a a bit of a sad olive branch i, I think kuchera uh, you know made a made a made a point where he said you know you know sort of we you know we shouldn't need to use that room at pax for you know diversity we should be using it for games that's kind of what the convention's about it's sad that we have to use it that way um, I agree, but well, I yeah. think they should just make a big change to the the entire mandate for the entire convention. Like it's nice to have these tools on hand, I guess, but I mean, it, their main push used to be like, "Don't be a dick." Like they they're always so proud when they talk about getting rid of booth babes and stuff like that. Like have the entire convention be open to diversity. Just say that. Like we've always been open to a diversity. We're getting specific training to improve that. We're going to work better on that at the entire convention, but not in this but, room. What is that? What, what is that training? Then are you saying like everybody that goes has to sit room. in like sexual harassment training? <laughs> I guess because this is the sort of shit they're having to deal with, which is the, the drag of having volunteers do most of your policing. 
It's like there's going to be shit they're not equipped to deal with when you're dealing with like 50,000 people. Right, but I mean, like, the problem, like, I haven't seen any problem, I haven't seen anybody have problem with the PA staff. Like, well, I mean, like, not staff, sorry, but like the enforcers, because that's who walks around. Yeah. Like, it's it's not like actual people who are hired by Penny Arcade go, going around and, and policing the uh, the convention. The problem is with the con-goers. Mm-hmm. That, that, it, con-goers do certain things, and you don't hear about a lot of problems. We hear about some things like last year. I know there was a, a problem with like somebody, a one like one media person saying something to a group of cosplayers, like uh, something sexual. I can't remember what he said. It was really stupid. I think we talked about it for like two minutes, and um, there was like that. And I'm pretty sure other things happened, like uh, you know, uh, some guys maybe taking pictures of cosplayers' asses and stuff like that. So you know, you have stuff like that, uh, but. You know, have you heard of any racial stuff there? Not, not that I could think uh, of. I'm pretty sure somebody has let you know some type of like you know, um, uh, I'm not gonna say homophobic because I don't think these people are afraid of like gay people. But let's say you know anti-gay speech, like calling somebody a fag or you know something like that. Like those are probably flying. At not flying, you know, like all over the place, but just somebody probably a couple people probably let those fly at like you know the uh, the land or at the fighting tournaments or something like that. So I mean, I think I think you have incidents like that, but as a as a overall, I don't think you're having these huge problems, and I don't think it's that just Nick or you are blind to it or that I'm we're blind to it. Um, I think it's just it's not a lot of it isn't there, but it's I guess it's. It's enough that people will talk about it when it does happen, and um, I guess the, the, they have these issues in gaming. Period. It's not just PAX. It's when you go to, you know, Evo or NEC or like you know, land parties and stuff like that. You you, you run into these problems because guess what? Gamers are a diverse group, and when I say diverse group, I I don't just mean people of all races, colors, uh, religious affiliations, and um you know, I guess sexual orientation, but you also have people who really are racist coming to these places. And that's where you get, you're going to run into trouble. And I don't think a diversity, a diversity hub is going to change that the way they think, you know? Yeah. We're just getting so big at this point that we're starting to get everybody. Right. Well, even, I mean, you have racists or bigots that are real gamers. You have oh, yeah. racists and bigots who, who, Put, clock in more hours and probably play more games than me. Uh, so I mean, like they were always here. I mean, that's the thing. Like playing online, like you know how often I I hear nigger, you know, online. Which actually, I'm kind of convinced at this point that some people just say it to try to to try to hurt feelings. Like they're just trying to throw it out there to see if you're black or not. <laughs> like you know, let me. We don't say have it. a big enough cuss word because nobody cares about fuck anymore. So what do I say? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like they just throw it out there. But like you know. Like how like you know you hear that or you hear fag or you hear all types of stuff online. I mean, those people come to these conventions, and that's their way of life. You know, that's their way of life. And when they, I don't think, like I said, I don't think a diversity hub is going to help that. Now, what a diversity hub would help with, I guess, are, are issues that some people don't like. Maybe may see as as non-issues. Like some people think it is okay to, you know 
slap a cosplayer on the ass or just walk up and take a picture without asking and being creepy and stuff like that. But that's something that could be addressed in panels, you know, and then have those panels covered by media. Because, I mean, for these, I guess the diversity, the diversity hub and lounge will be covered by media to a degree. But I think it would be more powerful if it, if they actually had a panel about it in a large area. Yeah. They you know, have so. those panels, though. I mean, they this isn't this isn't sort of new for them to be, be kind of going right. over this topic. I think this is just sort of the next step in the process. Um, I mean, one of the things, too, is they said a lot of the groups that are going to be in this area have been at the convention before. It's just that they were sort of spread out and not necessarily hidden, but they, they you know, they you know, they weren't as noticeable. And it's one of those things if you sort of, you know, kind of like they were comparing it to the Indiecade, where if you right. put all, all the little developers together, you kind of have this force that, you know, it feels like a thing. And so now, you know, they're putting all the, you know, the d- diverse groups together. And so, you know, to kind of give it more more impact and more heft. I don't think it works the same way as Indiecade, though. I don't think I don't think this works the same way as Indiecade. Like, this... I mean, Indiecade is more of a of a presence type thing. It's not that people were just passing over these 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 groups because they didn't notice they were there. I mean, like look look at um ah oh, man, what was the name of the group for the uh, disabled game? Not disabled gamers, but uh, able, able, able gamers? gamers. Able gamers, yes. Um, they were right front and center at the in the at the at the hall. Oh yeah, they're right at the front door, pretty much. Like you pretty much see them as you're waiting in line to get into the entire convention. Yeah, but, it, but in a way, that placement made it almost feel like they weren't part of the convention. Like they were part of like the pre little staging area next to the merchandise. Mm-hmm. Like, they, like it felt like, oh, let me get to the convention floor. That's where the real stuff is, and they're just kind of here on the side. Like, I mean, it was. I mean, everybody passed them because you had to to get in. But at the same time, it made it feel like you know they, they were akin to like somebody just standing right outside. Yeah, but still, I mean, like, I they got, um, actually, I don't know if they had, I, I can't even tell you if they had a booth in PAX 2012, but, like, every time I walked past their booth, there were a good amount of people there. You know, there were a good amount of people at the Able Gamers booth. Uh, and, of course, I, th- I do believe they were a part of a panel or two, maybe more than that. But that's the thing, like, I mean, like I said before, PAX in, in general is a big diversity pool, like, Everybody comes there because the uh, gamers are a very diverse group. So everything they're doing here is it could be it, it could easily be done by you know doing panels and you know like Nick said it maybe just for impact. But I don't think it, it works the same way. Like some people are just gonna actively avoid that area because they already they already feel that they're under siege. Oh know? yeah. So so uh, I don't know. Like I don't know if it, I mean you're. What you're saying, it makes it makes sense. Like it's logically sound, but I don't think that the impact works works the same well, exact way. I think, and I think that's kind of what they're struggling with too, because they, I mean, uh, what Robert Koo even basically said, like this is sort of the plan at the moment, but you know, this can change, and that, that he said that he expects even next year it'll it'll take some kind of different form. That I think they. I think it's one of those things that they're struggling with insofar as they see sort of a need within the community, but from the perspective of somebody running a convention, how do you, how do you fulfill that need? How do you represent that need? And it may, you know, like this is their current idea, but by no means is this the ideal solution. So it's, it's, I think trial and error on their part. I don't think they need to do anything that idea. Like every year, the panels are for issues like this are getting better and better and better. 
And that's definitely that's the natural evolution of it. And all you have to do, you have to all you have to do is have the right speakers, have the right speakers at these panels to, to discuss like you know what's what's happening. And I think that that's how you do that. Now there were some people, actually, there are a lot of people who are talking negatively about this, which I, I kind of find funny. Like the thing's not even here yet. We don't know what it's going to be like. I mean, I'm speculating that I don't think it's going to have the impact that it needs to have and there's a better way to do it. However, I'm not going to sit here and tell you, yeah, this shit sucks and it's not going to work, um, which some people are saying, and some people are even calling it a zoo. Yeah, this is going to be a zoo. I'm just kind of like, really? It's not even going to give it a chance? No, I'm going to go there. I kind of have to. Since <laughs> I'm the only person from Ashley's Buttons is going to be allowed in there. Can we use you to say that we're a diverse group and therefore get a free booth on the floor? <laughs> that might work. <laughs> God damn it, Nick, you're a genius. Yeah. Big black, Jared's black. Oh. I'm Canadian. It just might work. Yeah. <laughs> we have a Canadian support group here at the convention. <laughs> we can we can all live in peace. <laughs> Why can't we be friends? Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So yeah, I don't um I'm curious. I, I mean I'd definitely visit it. But uh I don't know. I, I don't I just don't think it's gonna have the impact that it needs. So But uh let's Let's go to the our next topic, which is uh regarding VGX, which I stayed away from that like the plague. Um, Did any of us actually watch it? No. 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 Did not did not watch VGX at all. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah. I um. Dude, I don't know. Like, I don't. I don't know why anybody watches it. Like, <laughs> except. I can get why games journalists watch it to see what's gonna happen, mm-hmm. but like as a like, why would you just, why would you actually watch it like as a regular person? Like yeah. every, every year, it's just terrible. There's <laughs> 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 nothing, nothing else I can say about it. Every year, they run this show fueled by Mountain Dew and Doritos, you know, because that's what gamers are. They, to them, gamers are not a diverse group. We're fucking a bunch of uh, you know, guys living in our mom's basement with cheese powder on our mouths. I think that's Joel how they see actually it. said that. Huh? I think Joel McHale actually said that. He said that. He said something along those lines. <laughs> see, apparently he was teasing gamers the whole time, and that made gamers very upset. Yes, actually, all the feedback I've heard from gamers and even the press have been um, negative talking about his jokes. Like, some people said that his jokes saved the show, and other people think his his jokes were insulting. If you're supposed to take this award so seriously... No, I'm, uh, well, I'm not... A, I don't know who... It's actually... He's the guy from Talk Soup. Yeah, Community. he's the guy from the Soup and, com- and Community. And, and he's he's very much... He plays into the douchebag role. I mean, it, it's kind of a, he. I mean, he he. You know, I mean, that's kind of one of the jokes on Community is that he looks like Ryan Seacrest, and he's a complete douche. And sort of, I mean, they 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 play that with the character, and then he's, and on the soup, he's a douche. Like it's it's not surprising that he would go that way. He's really not. 
I mean, he's 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 not gonna he's not the kind of guy to sit there and identify. He's the kind of guy that maybe he goes and, and as far as being like a gamer, like he'll sit there and maybe he'll play Call of Duty a little bit or he'll play some Madden. But he's gonna like talk shit and and you know talk shit on any any of the bros that he sees doing that. He, I am not surprised at all by his shtick in this case. And 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 I don't know if to to a degree if he was you know playing into that like okay like this is my character this is how i'm going to represent it so i'm going to kind of intentionally you know skew this way or if that's just legitimately how he feels and and it, it was like you know that's why uh spike hired him but i i, I don't know it's it's like it's i don't know it's like everybody's complaining that he did what he does he makes <laughs> fun of people and things and gamers you know you know, and, and it's it's unfortunate, I guess, that this is sort of a, supposed to be an event celebrating gamers. But for, you know, but for from somebody of his stature, gamers are a huge target. So it's it's, it's not surprising that he would come in and sort of take that approach. Even, I mean, even uh, uh, what's her face? Uh, uh, the, the the for Ubisoft, the, the what, I can't think of her name. It starts with an A. Alicia uh, Tyler. Alicia Tyler. Yeah, even then, like, she, remember the one year was it? She, she was with Total Biscuit. Wasn't there the one year at, at Total E3? Total Biscuit. There was somebody that Tobuscus. she was. Tobuscus. Thank you. And where she was just kind of like slagging on him the whole time, and it's like you know, and he, it's like he kind of represented the gamers, and she was just like talking down to him and talking shit down to him, and well, she. I think I mean, it's she, that maybe the case because you don't know her as a as a as a personality. She's like an avid gamer. Yeah, but but still, even she kind of talked down towards him because he's 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 a loser. <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time, though, he was sort of the representative of the gaming community on stage at that point. I'm gonna have to disagree because they both rep- that the reason they picked her is because they because she's a gamer and he's a gamer, so they were both representing the gaming community. And it's kind of like how I talk shit to people in Counter Strike and Starcraft. They're part of the gaming community, but they're lesser than me. <laughs> well it's one thing if you're talking shit to them like while you're gaming against them but we're always I, gaming nick always i know right <laughs> never stop no but uh no i don't know i, I i'm just i don't know I, i'm not surprised by what happened and i i think it may have been an unfortunate choice on spike's part to go with him but i think like once you know once i saw like oh joel McHale's hosting like it was like this outcome was not surprising yeah, I mean, I mean, I, 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 I guess that's his his spiel, but at the same time, I guess that spikes uh, Spike and Viacom. They're bad for bringing somebody on that's going to tease your audience for being the audience. Yeah, and so like, would it, would the Oscars have somebody come on and say, "You fucking idiots, watching movies are stupid." Yeah, like, it's just, like I, do they want to be the, taken as like- a legitimate? show or is it just a big fucking joke to them all in which case i agree it's a fucking joke and i'm not gonna watch it yeah um actually let's speaking of watching it so they said about 1.1 million people watched it but it was only an average of 32 minutes across the three hour show they're happy about that uh (laughs) they said the vgx was trending on twitter that night even if the majority of those tweets were negative viacom uh they say his uh, the CEO or sorry, the executive vice president, Jimmy uh, doesn't care. He said in his quote, "Death to us would have been apathy. Death would have been no one talking, no one caring, no one having an opinion about it." There are so people who seem to think like 
even if you're talking shit about a business, at least you're talking about a business and drawing interest to it and attention to it. But if all you're talking about is shit, people aren't going to look. They're not going to want to bother with it next year. They're going to look and it's like, oh, yeah, I remember that fucking mess from last year. I'm not even going to bother. People barely bothered this year. No, but they did bother. 1. 1. For 32 minutes. For 30 yeah, minutes. Matter, because, the, the, I mean, the whole, well, the whole point is, one, I, I don't think I'm, – I'm sure from their perspective, gamers have no – attention span anyway so I, yeah know, they to, clearly to don't like to watch us, so. you know, to get 32 minutes out of them is impressive i think part of the other problem too is that if i've got three hours to spend on a weeknight i'm not going to spend it watching the vgx i'm going to be playing whatever game i feel like playing and you know if i really care about who won i'll just look up the results later not that their awards matter but the point though is if, if they've got 1.1 million people talking about it and if their hashtag is trending on twitter that gives them legitimacy so next year they can be like okay you know look you know we had 1.1 million people watching last year we we had, you know, we were trending, and now, now people are going to care, you know, what these awards mean, and we can sort of build that that credibility. And you do this for enough years, and then you're an institution that that, that is respected, for for lack of a better word. Wow, what a concept! Because that's all that is. Like they, they, the words just just came out of your mouth that are probably said at Viacom meetings. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> like, but that's the thing. Like, I mean. These I can't I find it hard to believe that these people are so are so dense and so dumb that they would think that just because they were trending that people are gonna watch. No, what's gonna happen is that word of mouth. They act like we don't talk to each other. They act like gamers don't talk to each other in this internet age. What's gonna happen is that that, that negative aspect is what's going to remain. No, Nick disagrees. No, no, because next year, what you're going to see is, you know, Joel McHale is here and he, you know, is terrible. And what horrible things is he going to say this year? You know, he's going to be back. I mean, they'll, they'll, they'll throw enough money at him and they already got the 1.1 million viewers. So they, they've kind of got their ratings precedent. He's going to be back and they're going to be like, oh, be even meaner to him. You know, go off the go off the hook. They, they've 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 kind of got their 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 stick. It's like it's the award shows you love to hate. And and I think they're going to ride into that because you know controver- controversy is cash, so they're just going to they're just going to milk that train. That made no sense. <laughs> milk, milk, milk that train. train. That's a way better title for this. Ooh, what are you doing the weekends, Nick? <laughs> Holy shit! <laughs> Down at the locomotive yard. Ah. Uh, ah, uh, <laughs> uh, but anyway, I mean, I if you're a gamer and you watch the VGX, this is your fault. Yeah, yes. I'm really especially I'm because the thing that you care about, the trailers, are available like the next day. Yeah, how do you think I got them? All our news articles came from when the trailers showed up later. Unless they get pulled from YouTube, but that's another topic. Mm-hmm. I wasn't ready to move yet. I wasn't ready to move. We I'm move not anywhere. when I'm I say just move. Foreshadowing. Okay. Shall not segue. <laughs> uh, but anyway, yeah, so I mean most people I know stay away from the VGX. I don't know why you would want to watch it in the first place. I mean, unless you like, you know, uh, Joel. Not not our Joel, but the other Joel that was making fun of gamers, Joel McHale. If you like him, I guess that's why. But other than that, like, if you... <laughs> if you if you, if you want to watch, watch somebody insult you, I guess that that's up to you. Yeah. But from what I can see, 32 minutes on average... That's 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 pretty bad. I mean, thirty-two minutes on average, though. That also says something to advertisers. 
like, you know, we got this three-hour show. Only, people were only watching 32 minutes. How many ads are shown within 32 minutes? What's the percent? What's the, you know, what kind of um, return can I expect on my ad? Yeah. Like, when did people quit? Yeah. <laughs> you probably, you know, you probably had the most people watching in the beginning, and then it just tapered off from there. Yeah, it's like Joel McHale's being shithead. He made fun of me for playing video games on a video game award show. All right, fuck this. I got better things to do. That's the logical thing, but we know not everybody's logical. Yeah. Or is it from Nixon where they're like, Joel McHale's being a shithead at VGX. I better tune in now. Yeah, that's Which was it? (laughs) Video games. I'm dying to know. Uh, Okay, well, let's move on to our last topic since Nick was so eager to skip along. He had a really good seek, though. That was pretty good. I feel like we talked about that for 32 minutes and I was ready to move on. Oh, yeah. 32 minutes. Did we talk about it for 32 minutes? I don't think so. I wasn't wasn't paying attention. VGX joke. Oh, okay, yeah. I'm going to tweet that with a hashtag of VGX. (laughs) You think I put VGX in? Get some hits. Yeah. Those folks hating on Joel McHale. Hmm. All right, so. What Nick was talking about, too, YouTube copyright, uh, you know, well, I guess you're getting your video stripped down from YouTube. Not stripped down, sorry, but, uh, oh, no, they can't be stripped down due to copyright stuff. But um, what's been happening, I mean, I'm pretty sure everybody's heard about it at this point. What's been happening on YouTube uh, is that uh, YouTube, the, the geniuses at Google, have come up with a new algorithm to detect uh, copyright infringement. And they have been laying it on thick, so thick that you know people, the copyright uh, owners, aren't even um, filing disputes against people. It's pretty much just coming down automatically. Um, and uh, when it first started happening, it was really affecting a lot of people who just did let's play videos, and those people, um, just uh. As a reaction, a lot of game developers, uh, they they came out, and again, not just developers, but publishers, they came out and said that, no, we're okay with Let's Play videos. I know Ubisoft specifically put out a uh, a new page on uh, on their site that you can link to. Like, if you get a copyright uh, infringement, you can actually send YouTube this, this link, and then uh, it should be taken care of. Yeah, there's an indie dev named Lars Doucet. I think he made Dungeon Defender or something like that, where he's setting up an entire database of devs who say it's okay or not to use their videos in Let's Play. So, And he started the, the Twitter hashtag, we Let's Play, just for devs to put in messages to that effect as well. Right. Yeah, so it's um, it's, it's been causing a lot of controversy. And you would think YouTube was... I thought YouTube was going to come out and say, okay, maybe it's a little bit too strong. You know, we're going to back it up a little bit. But that is not how YouTube responded. YouTube... Um, they, YouTube says, uh, no, that's just the way it is now. <laughs> this is just what you do now. <laughs> yeah. This is just the way it works. And uh, not everybody's happy, especially those who, who use Let's Play videos as a, uh, I guess, a... Um, a way to live like you know some of these youtubers make so much make a lot of money and this is all they do they do less play videos and this has been affecting uh them and more troubling there's a lot of companies that really aren't they're they're not who you think they are 
uh, coming up with these copyright claims, like uh, what was it, Tunes Core and another uh, music company. In the music was the other one. Yeah. So a lot of uh, yeah, it's a lot of a lot of things happen on YouTube. This could change the the uh, I guess the 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 ecosystem of YouTube, or it's changing it, I should say. Uh, because I mean, if people can't make money, I'm assuming there's going to be less videos floating around for Let's Plays to begin with, which okay. isn't what YouTube, I guess, what not what they would want. Then again, where's your alternative to go to to watch videos? You know, and actually, a lot of these videos, I'll I'll I'll, I'll clarify, a lot of these videos are not being stripped down. The mon- they're just not being monetized anymore. So, you know, YouTube doesn't have to pay these people for ads. <laughs> well, even then, I don't think it's this, it's or it's not that they're being monetized entirely because I think the they're taking I think 20% that's supposed to go there's 20% of what goes to the artist is winds up going to the copyright holder of the music. I think that's how the cut is supposed to work. And so they're 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 taking that money, but the issue is though uh, the 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 issue is is though is that the companies that are pursuing the copyrights are, are, are being so overzealous that they're not looking to see you – know, like, fundamentally what it is is they don't realize that they, – they, they claim that they're representing a certain party and they don't realize that that party has made an agreement with the people who are – the people who made the game who therefore have given their implicit rights to these people to make the Let's Play videos. So it's, it's sort of a chain of communication where there's a lot of points of breakdown, but – the, the algorithm that, that YouTube is using, and even then I think there was like a sort of a stealth change in I think the terms of service that, uh, that uh, TuneCore was using that sort of opted a lot of their members into this, we will manage your copyright, um, whether they wanted it or not. And so well, – Something sneaky was done because I mean like you get devs like Terry Cavanaugh who's getting his own videos for like – he made VVVVVV. And his own trailers for his own games are getting nailed with these copyright notices against him. But yeah, but I guess the question is when he did, see, I'm not sure if he did the music for his game or if he contracted it out. But the problem is that whoever, whoever did the music for the game signed a contract with TuneCore or in music, one of the two of them and didn't tell them, you know, because why would they think to? I think that's part of the problem too. Is that th- th- nobody realized that this was going to be a problem at some point, but they didn't tell them. Oh, like oh, by the way, like this music, I made a deal to put it in this video game, and so they're just looking around and they're finding this music showing up in these, you know, in these YouTube videos without the context of knowing, like oh no, that actually makes sense. It's supposed to be there. It's allowed to be there. And ostensibly, when you say like okay, well, at that point, if we erroneously file one of the, you know, if we erroneously t- flag one of these videos having this music. That it, you know, we it, we think it's not supposed to have, but it should have. You know, you can just submit a claim and we'll take care of it. But the problem is, there's so many of these, and so many, and, and the problem too is they seem completely egregious. That I mean, yeah, like what was the uh, the one musician for the Escapist? Uh, who was it? it was uh, Gav- Gavin Miracle of Sound Dunn, who was uh, plagiarizing content from Gav Miracle of Sound Dunn? Like somebody. Like somebody either in YouTube or at, at TuneCore should like realize like this is stupid. But I think the problem is it's an automated system, so there's there is no you know check in there to make sure that this doesn't happen. And that's really you know. And then the other problem too is like a lot of these offenses are so are so blatant and so stupid. Like the one I just cited, like they they make kind of good sound bites. They make good you know Twitter bites. 
And so it's easy to see how the news can very rapidly turn against against YouTube and, and against uh, against these services. Yeah, this has kind of always been my thing about making a living off of YouTube. That you shouldn't make a living off of YouTube. <laughs> because, because the reason being is that um, at any given time, YouTube can change their EULA and change everything. I mean, they could even do something like, we're just not giving out ad revenue anymore. They can change that. They can legally just change that at any given time. And so, like, you know, when you build, you build a house on sand, you know, this can, this can happen. I'm not saying it's right. I'm just saying, you got. I, I wouldn't make YouTube my main gig. You know that that that's that that's all, um, but still, this is a bit draconian. They really, they 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 really need to lighten up, but they're not because they're Google and they know that they're right according to them. Go ahead, it Nick. Does, it doesn't seem that Google's going to lighten up necessarily. Um, I mean, they're just kind of saying like we put the system in place, but it's everybody else's job to actually get all this figured out. Uh, and it does seem that, that TuneCore is, is looking to improve communications. And I know the group that, that Joel mentioned with uh, the, uh, the who, who Let's Play, um, they're actually working to sort of get some boilerplate contract, uh, you know, legalese formulated so that this way going forward, um, you know, when, when developers sign contracts with musicians uh, to provide game music and stuff of that nature, that they'll be able there, there'll be a, a means for all of this to take place so that you don't have, so you don't have any of these companies sort of coming in. I think the problem is that we've had, you know, you had a, a while where these game these videos were just being uploaded to YouTube with no, you know, with no, with no oversight and, all of a sudden, they just turn the oversight on overnight, and so all these infractions just arise seemingly out of nowhere. I think going forward, if this is sort of a, you know a system that's in place, you know as videos are uploaded, it won't be so it won't be so surprising and it won't be so sudden. You know this will get taken care of before the videos even hit the airwaves. So there may be a little more of a, a delay as far as how long it takes to get something up. Although even then, I think if you you dotted your eyes and crossed your T's, it seems that all the parties involved. You know, it doesn't seem like it benefits anyone to you know to keep anything that off YouTube that should that shouldn't be or uh, that shouldn't be kept off YouTube. But my only concern, though, is that I think the one thing that this does and this benefits sort of the large companies and the the copyright holders is that this does it puts up a, a, a the impression of another barrier to entry. It's like, oh hey, I you know I'm I'm good at playing a game and I want to do a let's play video. Oh, but I see all these people getting their videos taken down. I don't think that's something I want to do. And you know maybe you know maybe there are people out there who would be good at let's play videos who could, um, despite your advice, make a living off of YouTube, um, and they might be a little more hesitant to sort of jump into that. And and you know they might be you know it might be their loss uh, because of this. I, I almost I almost think that in, in and maybe this is just me being a little cynical, but I almost think that this it almost seems a bit more nefarious that even if the end result is fundamentally no change other than some back channel talk between uh, the you know the copyright holders and the musicians and whatnot. But it almost seems to me like this just this, this puts it like sort of another layer of bureaucracy and another just another it's sort of another tool for the you know the 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 major copyright holders to sort of you know be like no 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 this is our domain and and the individual has no place here. Oh, I 
I don't. I, I guess you're, you're making good points. It's just that I, I don't see it being good for anybody. <laughs> to be honest with you, it's bad for YouTube because you know when you the people who are the, making the most content for them or the content that most people watch, they're you know they're gonna stop. You know if this continues to a degree, they're gonna stop making that content. People who watch trashy videos and stuff like that. They go to WorldStar now, not YouTube. Okay, they, if you want to watch, you know, two people fucking each other up or some stupid shit happening, you go to WorldStar and you have a blast. But, like, in terms of, like, YouTube, most people who are watching YouTube videos are expecting some level of quality at this point. And that's what these, uh, uh, let's play, and I'm talking specifically for video game content. Uh, and so that's what these let's play, you know, let's play or, you know, uh, people who are doing these video game uh, videos are, are doing. Uh, so it's bad for YouTube in that way. Of course, it's bad for the content creators because they're not getting paid. Uh, and so, I mean, at the vi- worst case scenario, stop making videos. Best case scenario, I mean, they can't focus on it as much as they did before. It's bad for the game companies because it's making it seem like they're, you know, a lot of people at first glance are going to look at it like, oh my God, a copyright claim must be from. Ubisoft, it must be from EA, so that looks bad, but then on top of that, you know, they're not getting that free advertisement, that's why they love Let's Play videos, everybody except Nintendo, so, it's not a, it's not a good scenario uh, for anybody, uh, as the system adjusts, I think it'll get better, what YouTube needs to do is instead of automatically blocking the content or demonetizing it, they need to notify whoever the content holder is and make them take an action. That's what they need to do. Because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it looks like that. Maybe that was how it was working before. But now it's all, it's all automated. As soon as it detects, like, a claim, it's like, oh, nope, cut them off. And that's it. So, I don't know. Joel, you got anything else on that? or? No, you guys made some pretty good points, so uh, I don't have any particular feelings on it. I do agree that it's this is going to harm YouTube more than it helps, because it is hitting a lot of people who've made like big-name content on it and making their lives hell. So if they can find an alternative right now, I guarantee they would jump ship. I mean, like it would suck to have to leave all these followers behind, but you just leave a video saying, hey, here's where I'm going. These people are following me, not YouTube. They're not here because they like YouTube or anything like that. They're here because they like me, and I'm going to take all of them with me if I go. And if you make my life hell, I'm going to go. So I think YouTube's hoping that there's no alternative that will work as well with them. And if it continues to be as shitty as this, I mean, I'm sure somebody will try to fill that gap. Yeah, I guess we'll see what I have, you know what's going to happen. Um... Actually, the next Smashcast we have is going to be like two weeks from now. Eh, maybe a little longer than that, but probably two weeks from now. <laughs> I was just looking at the calendar and realized that it's the, the, the next time we record is like January 2nd. So, I don't know. We'll see what happens. Um, so, we, we'll, we may have some more news on that at that point. Maybe they have toned it down a bit, but uh, with people's livelihood at stake, I seriously doubt this is going to die down anytime soon. No, it's been going strong for like two weeks. So yeah, so we'll see what happens. Um, but yeah, that's gonna that's gonna be the end of the show. Dude, I don't even think we really need to talk about what's coming out because we know nothing's coming out. 
Mm-hmm. Is that something? Yes, the dead spot. Time to catch up on your uh, backlog, folks. Uh, but yeah, as always, uh, thank you for listening. Uh, you can catch us on soundcloud.com slash mash those buttons. Uh, we are also on iTunes uh, for your iOS devices and Stitcher Smart Radio, which you can stream on their website or your iOS or Android device. Uh, we're on twitter.com, which is uh, twitter.com slash MTV site. We're on Facebook, which is facebook.com slash mash those buttons. And we are on YouTube, which is youtube.com slash mash those buttons. Uh, and actually, is this our mash, last MASHcast for the year? No, we have at least, yeah, we have a special edition coming up that will be out before the end of the year. December 30th should be available, as long as everything goes to plan. So we will be talking to you at least one more time on the MASHcast. Next week, we do have a uh, another That Gaming Life coming out, uh, as opposed to a MASHcast, because, uh, well, we're going to be busy. So we won't be able to uh, record a MASHcast next week. But uh, as always, thanks for listening. We will catch you guys later. Have a good weekend and uh, Merry Christmas. Good riddance to all of you. (laughs) I'm kidding. I love you all. No, he doesn't. No, Not Not like I do. (laughs) (laughs) There's so much more love in Jared's heart for you than there is in my black heart. My black heart will not grow three times that day. The Christmas gifts will not be returned. Uh, all right, folks. Later. I'm secretly the Grinch. Jesus. It's not a secret. <laughs> See ya.